0: Welcome inside episode 373 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. We got to let you know, today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Well, you know when you have a car and you feel like there's a part missing? That's how we feel with the Sens roster right now, without a contract for Brady Kachuk, for Drake Batherson, Philly franchise needs a new one, as does Victor Mete, who filed for arbitration on Monday. In today's episode, we're going to project what those contracts could look like, and we put up a poll as well at Sen Central. So go have your say, who you think will be signed first of that foursome, of restricted free agents then we'll turn our attention to the available unrestricted free agents that remain could any be a fit in ottawa we'll touch on all that and more this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day Today is Wednesday, August 4th. And Pilsy, you think we were going to miss an episode for my birthday? No chance. There's Christmas, birthdays, bar mitzvahs. We're, we're here no matter what.
1: Yeah, it's a Locked On Senators podcast. We're grinding to get you content. And happy birthday to Ross. 29th. You get one more year till your 30s. So I hope you're living it up. I mean, that shirt says you're living it up right away. So we don't I- got to worry about that.
0: How about the burn and this is perfect timing for coming on to YouTube, but I got a bit of sun yesterday. I look like I'm still wearing white sunglasses that they didn't come off my face once yesterday and I am paying for it with the red nose, no doubt, but Hey, happy to be here. There's nowhere I'd rather be. And I will say I'll always be younger than my girlfriend. So I'll be able to hold that no matter how old I get. I've got that feather in my cap, but Pillsy. As old as I'm getting, I feel like I'm growing three years every day because I'm waiting, as Sense fans all are, with bated breath for the Brady Kachuk contract. Why is it not signed yet? That's a great question. I don't know why it's not signed yet. This should have been taken
1: care of a long time ago, but there's no need to rush it, right? Like, I would rather get it done right rather than get it done rushed because this is the most important contract in a long time. Like, when what... Was the last contract that was uh, as important as this, Carlson's last deal?
0: Mm, I'd say when Mark Stone was coming off that two-year bridge deal and the one-year would walk him right to unrestricted free agency, we know how that played out.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That would have been important to get done properly, which is what I'm saying. Like, I'd rather they get Kachuk done properly rather than just be like, all right, let's just get you signed. So if it takes a little while longer, that's fine. But I really do think... Uh, Brady Kachuk is it's got to be one of the first ones to get signed because it all trickles down after his contract is structured.
0: You don't think that Dorian tries to get the little ones out of the way first? I mean, it's seemingly forever since Victor Mete was rumored to be so close to signing on the dotted line. If I'm him, maybe I try to like knock out Gustafson. Like, how hard could that contract be? Do you see, and we'll, we'll get to this more so later, but do you see any of those other ones as difficult signings? Maybe Batherson.
1: Yeah, I've got Batherson is actually the most difficult signing of all these guys, Brady included. Uh, And then Gustafson is going to be an interesting one, too. We won't dive too much into that right now. We'll stick with Brady, but they are going to be interesting. And you put up a poll, Ross, on Central on Twitter, and I initially voted Brady as the first RFA to be signed. But I'm going to take back my answer. It's going to be Mete because he's filed for arbitration. So they're there's going to be a set deadline for when he needs to be figured out. So I think it's going to be Mette is going to be the first one, although he's definitely not the most important one. But I think he gets done first and Brady will get done, then Batherson. And then I think Gustafson is just they'll they'll figure it out when they figure it out because I don't see that being a very long deal. And we have one more RFA that I kind of forgot about. Logan Brown also is oh another guy God. that needs to get sorted out. So I think Gusson and Logan Brown will kind of be at the tail end of that. Like, all right, let's let's just figure this out for uh, training camp. But Brady's got to get done soon, and I, I'm I'm waiting just like you, aging as we uh, patiently await a Brady Kachuk contract.
0: I got an FU text message from my girlfriend who's in the next room when I made that age joke. So I've learned my lesson. But I wonder if teams have learned their lesson about negotiating with Kachucks because it was only two years ago that Matthew held out the first week of training camp without a contract. He ends up signing a three year, $21 million contract. But with a rising salary. First year was $4 million in signing bonuses with just a $1 million salary. The next year, the one that just passed, 3.5 signing bonus, 3.5 base salary. And then this upcoming year, the final one before he needs a new contract is all $9 million salary. Now, agents are getting smarter and smarter. That means that the qualifying offer for his next deal has to be a minimum of $9 million. Now they can negotiate a longer-term contract and that wouldn't play a role, but that does put a bit of pressure on the team. We know the Sens hate giving out signing bonuses, but if that's the difference between Brady showing up at camp or not, he is, like Matthew Kachuk is an extremely important member of the Calgary Flames, but the Ottawa Senators, I think they should postpone training camp if Brady Kachuk can't be there. This this is an absolute crucial signing that cannot wait until the second week of training camp. It just can't
1: just think of what does Ottawa senators training camp look like without Brady there?
0: It would just that, be what? weird. Angus Crookshank's going to take reps alongside Norris and Batherson. Like, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like who's leading stretches day one. It's not Brady. Who's it going to be? So I, I just think, yeah, they need to get it done. I'm confident they'll get it done before training camp. Now, as far as signing bonuses go, I don't think the Senators bend, Ross. I think they're going to hold tight to their strict no-signing bonus rule because once once you bend, then eventually I think it's going to break and then all players are going to be pushing for leverage to get those signing bonuses. I think the Sens just say, hey, look, we know your brother Matthew got signing bonuses in Calgary. We're not Calgary. We don't do it that way here, and we're going to have to figure it out because that's not how we operate. And I can see Eugene Melnick standing firm on that and saying, no, that's just not an option.
0: I think you're more likely to get away with that on a bridge contract than a long term. So would you think maybe if Brady says, "Hey, give me some signing bonus, at least up front, and then I'll consider a 7-8 year contract." Then do you think if you're Eugene Melnick, maybe you're more inclined to give in and give him some upfront money?
1: Look, don't get it twisted. If it was up to me, hell yeah, give him the give him any signing bonus he wants. But I don't think even even to entice him to sign long term, I don't think they're gonna bend there. Like it seems like a that's a really firm point for the Ottawa Senators, and they're not gonna do it. So I think Brady's just gonna have to accept that if he wants to stay in Ottawa long term. And like with the signing bonuses, I think. Maybe if you're a player who's like a middling player and, you know, you want to get some a big lump sum of money up front so you can get it invested, buy a house, whatever, then I think it makes sense to really push for that signing bonus. But, I mean, if you're Brady Kachuk or Thomas Shabbat, you know you're getting a you're going to have a high career earnings. So maybe you're not as desperate to get a big chunk of money up front. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not a guy who deals with millions and millions of dollars of business deals. So I don't know exactly the pressure to get a lump sum up front, but I I just think if you're a guy like Brady Chuck, the money's coming. Like you're you're going to get your dough. Maybe you're not going to get it as soon as, as some of your buddies around the NHL and you don't have that opportunity right away, but it's coming to you, so I don't think that he should worry too much about that. But again, that's just speculation from a from a podcaster. So who knows yeah. how legit that is?
0: No doubt, I, I believe there's some tax breaks when when you acquire a lump sum in one part. So that could be something. But again, not an agent. Maybe we'll have one on the podcast eventually because it would be kind of interesting. We had an meet. agent.
1: Uh, we had Drake Batherson, agent Remember, uh, making sense of the sense. Actually, I think he was our very first guest before Batherson. Or Sean Donovan. We had, uh, and I'm blanking on the name right now, uh, apologies, but uh, Drake Batherson's initial agent we had on the show, and it was actually really interesting to, to get a chance to chat with him.
0: Phil Osga from yes. OLP Sports. Yes, that was an awesome chat with him. Maybe we'll reach out to him, although he's probably busy negotiating Drake's next contract, and we're going to talk about that and the rest of the Senators' RFAs once we drive over there with a message from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They're ahead of their time doing it digitally. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything, everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even get your new carpet there. Why wouldn't you? One-stop shop for everything your car needs. And even if it's a classic Or if you're just a daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. That last thing I mentioned, well, that's the best part. The prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It sounds rhetorical, but I mean it. If you go to rockauto.com right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you check out, all we ask is that you put locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way, they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. All right, Pilsy, let's get in to the rest of the RFA crop. And since we mentioned Drake Batherson, this is going to be interesting because I could see just as much to convince me he deserves a bridge deal and you could convince me that you should try to lock him up at a lower annual average knowing that the sky's the limit with his potential. How do you think a Drake Batherson extension will look? I honestly
1: have no clue. Like it's it's so tough to tell because this is why I think Drake's contract is more interesting than Brady because Brady either he's going to do what Matthew did and do the kind of three-year decent money up front bridge deal so that he can wait out see what the cap's doing then get a big contract or whatever. But with Drake, I don't think he has that kind of leverage. So I don't think he would go that route. I think if I'm Drake Bathson, again, this is just my opinion. If I'm Drake Bathson I'm going term. I want stability. And if uh, if the Senators, they they try to go shorter, then I would say, well, I want to be here long-term. Like, this is my team. I like the culture here. I want to be a big part of building the Ottawa Senators. And I really think Drake can look for a six, maybe even seven-year deal. Like, I'd be surprised if he signs anything under five years.
0: Yeah, I think five years is is good for the team. But at the same time, that five-year ticket walks him right to unrestricted free agency. And that worries me. So I would try to either make it a three-year bridge deal where then you have a decision for one more year, if if that's the case, I doubt it. Or you extend them long-term after the three years. Or I'd like to go six or more. That way you're buying up years of unrestricted free agency. But do you think that Drake's going to be the kind of guy that's like, oh, I want to go to right to free agency? Because at the same time, that's got a bit of risk involved as well.
1: Yeah, and I don't I don't think he's going to be that guy. Like I just I I really think there's no better spot for him than here. So I think he'd be willing to bend a little to stay here because he's going to be such a big part of this core. I I can see him signing and uh, this is someone I was looking at and again, guys, I'm not great at the player comparables, so don't uh, don't get too coming. <laughs> don't get too hard on me, but I kind of look at Drake as being similar to a guy like Brandon Saad, right? Like he's a two way forward that is responsible defensively. He's not an elite sniper or like a, an elite playmaker by any means, but he's definitely above average in those both areas. Like he's going to put up 40 points probably for you, 20 goals, 20 assists kind of thing, which Drake did 17 and 17 last season. So it's definitely attainable. And Brandon Sod's deal after his entry level contract was a six by six. So you had a uh, reference earlier, Ross, in a previous podcast, looking at Jordan Eberle contract, which I think was also six by six. No.
0: Yes, it was, but that was back in like 2015.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Brandon sod's contract is, is back a little while too on the, after that entry level, but it was six by six, no signing bonuses. Hello, Ottawa senators and then what I liked about it is the player got a bit of leverage here. The last year of their deal, they had uh, no move clause for Brandon Saad. So I could see maybe Drake doing something like that. Like, all right, last year, of my contract, don't just ship me out to any team. I want to have control of where I'm going and then maybe test free agency after that. So a six by six for Batherson is something that I could see happening because, yeah, you're buying up some of those UFA years. and. For me, any kind of contract for Drake, I see it's going to be between four and a half and six mil. I think once you start getting over six mil, then I think that's a bit of a risk. And then you you might get into cap trouble down the road. But if you're doing a shorter deal, maybe you bring that uh, AAV down to four and a half, five mil, somewhere around there. But if it's six years at six mil, I, I would be okay with that personally.
0: I've got a couple of player comparables for your contract comparables. However... Each of these signed bridge deals in between, but they also only had their breakout seasons more recently. Connor Garland just got paid with the Vancouver Canucks. He signed a five-year $24.75 million deal that pays an average of 4.95. Now, the thing with Garland is he had his three-year entry level. Then he signed a two-year deal at seven seventy-five. So that's at a point where he had zero leverage, but then he had his breakout, and this is what he got paid for. And I think it's pretty similar, right? He had 39 points, but he's had that in each of the last two years. So despite being older, he has showed a little more consistency from that standpoint. But I'm not holding the two years where Drake got cups of coffee against him at all. He was so dominant down in Belleville, and he was just trying to get his taste on a very bad team. That being said, he did get to play almost exclusively with Matthew Shane the year that he came up and got to play wing with him and Ryan Dezingle, I believe was on the other side of that and then the other contract that i would compare him to and maybe this is more telling for a bridge deal but how about pavel bushnevich uh was signing with the with the st louis blues coming off his entry level he signed a two-year ticket with the rangers as well at 3.25 and then just got his big time raise four-year deal at 5.8 so these are the types of monetary values I think would fit in somewhere between 4.5 and 5.5. Defensemen seem to be getting paid a ton right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, the defensemen they're getting are paid. really
1: getting up there. Yeah,
0: Wingers, I think, are, are just kind of being left in the wayside, kind of in a, a very normal range from what we've seen over the past few years. So I know Sens fans love them, and we've seen the potential from them, no doubt, what, a seven-game goal streak this past year, dominant uh, power play presence, moving the puck around. He can play in so many different areas on the power play too. You can put him up top and and he can facilitate and pass. You can put him as the bumper guy down low who can get the puck to the front of the net. He's got elite hand-eye coordination so he can be that slot presence. You know Brady's parked in front of the net, but if the puck's funneled towards the middle, he can get right in there and bury rebounds off the back door. He has such a a big toolkit of attributes that come into into play for him. So – I'd be comfortable going as high as six as well, Pilsy. I just don't know if there's going to be that need for the team to to have these other comparables out there and see how recently they've been signed and say, man, if you want to sign long-term, like here's another one, and I think this is probably the best example we've given. Travis Connectney, two years ago, just signed a five-year deal at 5.5. That, to me, is a pretty good template. Again, I'd like to stay away from five years, but if you could do six at 5.6 and buy that extra year free agency, I think that would be a great deal for both the team and the player.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And that's the thing. Like, I think with Bathurston, you're looking at him as a top six contributor. So, once you get started past six million, you're looking at top line guys, right? And I, sure, Batherson plays on the top line, but in a general sense, I wouldn't consider him a top line guy. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so I think it's important for the Sens to show that they respect his value. Like he's he's a big part of the the Norris Brady Batherson line, obviously. Like I think it'd be hard to replace Batherson in that role. It'd be hard to find a guy that fits what he needs to do for those two players to succeed. So I think it's just as important for the Senators as it is for Batherson. Like this is a perfect match. They need to get something done here. But I do think they don't do Batherson until they do Brady. Because then they can say, like I've said before, then they can say, all right, Brady's here. You're here. This is how we're going to deal with you. This is the window of room that you have to negotiate here. And that's that. We don't don't have anything else for you. So I really think Batherson's going to wait until Brady's done here.
0: Sorry, now you're getting the whole live experience on YouTube. Alfie just spilt his entire bowl of breakfast all over the place and scared the bejesus out of him. If you heard that noise there (laughs) in the background, he'll make an appearance on the show eventually. But I feel like that should be once we get to 500 subscribers on YouTube, Alfie will make an appearance on the show. No, not Daniel Alfredson, just my pup. We'll just have a
1: whole episode of just Alfie being
0: cute. Honestly, it might get them more views than your <laughs> face yeah. my mug, honestly. But uh, hey, if you like what you're watching, please consider subscribing to the YouTube channel. You can like our videos as well. We've really appreciated the comments that have been trickling in. This is a new experience for us, and we're really enjoying it so far. Great to get us warmed up going into next year. I'm in the middle of a move, so I'm going to get a little bit better of a studio setup so I'm not literally in my kitchen. And uh, I'll I'll have a, a framed goalie jersey up in, in the background as well, so we're looking forward to uh, to September when we get back to five shows a week. But for now, for up to the minute updates, follow us on Twitter at Sen Central. You can also find us Locked On dot Senators and subscribe to the podcast as well, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, you know that you can take us with you wherever you go. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on Spotify. Pilsy, we still have some more RFA's to discuss and what's left around the league. There's still some notable unrestricted free agents for sure but let's power up before we get there and grab a built bar you want to tell us about our friends over at built bar Pilsy? do i ever
1: ross i love me some built bars and there's no better time to get a built bar than the middle of the week like that's perfect you're trap you made it this far it's wednesday let's have a built bar to get us through the rest of the week It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. There are so many different amazing flavors to choose from. I love all of them, and I'll help you pick one later on in this ad. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. That's why they say it tastes like a candy bar. You get chocolate no matter what flavor you choose. It's soft. It's easy to chew. The texture is probably my favorite part about it. Like You don't want to have a crunchy tough built bar that like you need to put like in the side of your mouth to chew with your back teeth. Like that's not good for anyone. So what you want is a built bar. The built bar is great for the health conscious guy or girl. They're low calorie, low sugar, but high protein, high fiber. You gotta love that. Now, like I said, there's so many different flavors to choose from. How do you go about picking one? Well, let me help you out guys. And I'm going to go with the classic here, Ross. Like Sometimes you want the big fancy flavors, the grasshopper cookie, the cookies and cream. You want something totally new? Why not just go for a nice, easy double chocolate? I already told you all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate right away. But then if you love chocolate a lot, get the double chocolate. It's the perfect balance of chocolate, texture, flavor, and nutrition. Only 130 calories, so one of the lower calorie options on uh, the Built Bar menu. Then you get 17 grams of protein. You gotta love that, and you get the flavor that you love if you're a chocolate lover—chocolate on chocolate. So, to make the deal even sweeter, you know we got you guys hooked up. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Guys, it's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar.
0: All right, Pilsy. So we mentioned we put up a poll at Send Central on Twitter. Which sends RFA signs first? Is it Drake Batherson Philip Gustafson, Victor Mete, Brady Kachuk? And I forgot about Logan Brown, which should be Whoops. another one-year... Show me contract. Can you stay healthy? Can you contribute? The ship hasn't sailed. He's still on the roster. And I'm glad the Sens didn't just give him away for like a third or fourth round pick. There's value in an 11th overall player who has shown flashes. Like the skill is there, but can he stay healthy? And can he contribute at the NHL level? All right, that's our Logan Brown breakdown. But the poll so far, Brady Kachuk leading the way at 36%. Fans thinking like you, Pilsey, everything trickles down from the star player the future captain of this team Brady Kachuk but I think there's also some wishful thinking because everyone's refreshing their Twitter everyone's waiting with bated breath when will Brady Kachuk sign that extension coming in second Drake Batherson at 27.5 in third Philip Gustafson 20.3 and Victor Mete at sixteen percent, that poll will be open for two more days. We're through five hundred votes already, and it's only been a half hour as we're recording here, just past nine thirty on Wednesday morning. But Pillsy Philip Gustafson, do you think that a contract structured like Joey Decord's was would be a good idea? Where Joey signed a three-year deal, first one, first first and second year are two-way, but then you give him that that little carrot dangling in front and saying that third year it's a one-way deal you're making nhl money no matter what
1: yeah and similar to marcus hogberg and just quickly before we get to gustin yeah i can't tell you when brady kachuk's contract can is going to be signed but ross i can pretty much guarantee you it's going to be when we're in the middle of an episode we're talking about we've got all our brady kachuk hot takes and then it's going to totally throw all our takes out the window and we're going to have to refresh that's all i can guarantee is that's when it's gonna happen is when we're in the middle of a recording.
0: No, I'll do you one better. It's when you're gonna be in the middle of editing and we're yeah, gonna be just that's even worse. Like, all right, Pilsy, yeah. hop back on, throw it right in the yeah. garbage. Let's start from scratch. But hey, that's sure. happening we expected it last week to, to age quickly and that that was the fun of all the movement going around so we're going to finish off the show with a couple of of ufas that are still out there like could they be a fit casey's the gets for the right price probably not but other names that are still out there but pilsey gustafson would he sign a three-year deal with the third year one way let's say nine hundred thousand dollars aav I
1: don't see a three-year deal coming into play here, Ross. I see either a one-year deal or a two-year deal. And yeah, you referenced Joey Decord. Um, the thing with Joey Decord's contract too, though, Ross is even on those two-way deals, he was making good AHL money. Like, I think it was like a quarter mil, like 250,000, which like isn't insane, but normally like the AHL deals, you're looking at under a hundred thousand. So that's still a really good leverage point for that. Joey got there. So, I think for Philip Gustafson, you might see a deal similar to what Marcus Hogwart did, right? Remember coming off his entry-level deal, he did a two-year, $700,000 AAV. First year, that was two-way. Second year, that was one-way. And like you said, it dangles the carrot. It says, all right, we want. we we're not quite convinced you're ready for the NHL, and we don't really have an NHL spot ready for you. They've got Gus- or they've got Murray and Forsberg already slated as the one and two for the NHL. So what we're going to do, stay down in Belleville, work your way up. Maybe you, you steal a spot from Forsberg or Murray. If there's injuries, who knows what happens. And then your second year, you're all ready to go to challenge for that NHL job. And even if you don't get it, at the very least, you're going to get paid at an NHL rate. So I think that's what we're going to see from Philip Gustafson, because if, if I'm Philly franchise, I'm not I'm trying to lock in the lowest uh term possible because I you gotta be confident after your nine or whatever games last season that you can really show them that you can be consistent in the NHL and you can be a good consistent goalie in the NHL. That's when you wanna have your opportunity to sign a fresh new ticket, and that's when you add some term. So I think it's gonna be a two-year deal, two-way contract first year, one way contract
0: second year. Pillsy, who plays more NHL games next year? Philip Gustafson or Anton Forsberg? That's a great question. And I think what,
1: what hinges on that question, Matt Murray's health. If Matt Murray's healthy and fine, then I think he probably plays 50 games. Forsberg probably plays 30 or something like that, right? But if Matt Murray's injured, now you got a goalie battle between Gustafson and Forsberg where I think if Gustafson gets hot again, He could get a majority. He could be the one A of that tandem if Matt Murray goes down for a while. So, uh, off the bat, safely, I'm going to say Forsberg, just because if if Matt Murray's healthy and Forsberg's healthy and the team does well, I I think Forsberg played very well for the Sens, and I'm happy he's a guy that we have as a buffer guy. He's a low risk, you know, kind of option to be in between them. And you know what? If Philly franchise starts lighting it up in Belleville, which we haven't really seen, if he starts doing that then go ahead and trade Forsberg for a sixth, seventh round pick to a team that has injury problems in the crease and bump Philly up. I have no problem with that either. So that's a scenario where we could see Gustafson get more games than Forsberg. But for right now, I'm going to say Forsberg, and it's going
0: to be close. It's going to be close. I hope so. I hope we at least see 15 games in the NHL for Gustafson next year because, yeah, nine-game sample, it's great. He was awesome down the stretch. No question about that. But can he continue? That's that's extremely important to find out. Now, another low risk move was bringing in Victor Mete, and we talked mostly about this on Monday's show, so we don't need to get too far back into it. But just in case people haven't heard, I think you and I would both be shocked if that contract is over a million dollars.
1: Yeah, well, it's going to go to arbitration. I don't. I don't think um, you know the. Sens you don't think Sens are gonna, agree? No, I don't think the Sens are going to bend a certain way, and I don't think Mete is going to bend a certain way. They're just going to take it to arbitration because. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of balance that's going to happen here, right? Like how how much can this contract be swayed by either Victor Mete and his camp or the Ottawa Senators and their side? Like we're talking about a difference of maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars, right?
0: And it's not like we're in a situation where the sens feel like they've developed a guy like let's say Bathurston instead. I know Bathurston can't do arbitration, but they don't have that connection and and longevity with him. They don't feel like they owe him anything. So if anything, they probably feel, oh, they're just like, hey, we gave you a chance to play down the stretch. You were about to go to Laval and play against the Belleville Sens. And then, so they claimed him. He got to play NHL Minichael. He got to play on NHL power play down the stretch. So I think any contract that Mete gets, as long as it's a one-way deal, He's going to be pretty excited about that. So I'm surprised they haven't come to terms yet. It is a bit of a head scratcher. And as we turn our attention to the remaining UFAs, I'm glad we ended on Mete because with the acquisition of Nick Holden via trade and Michael Delzato via free agency, stick taps, by the way, as always, to Ian Mendez. That was an awesome article where he got to talk to Delzato. And I didn't realize this as much, but Delzato is a fitness freak. So that can only help these young guys develop their game going forward but with those guys in the mix and Mete still yet to be signed do you think the Sens are done reshaping their blue line going into next season
1: I think so because the only other moves they would make those guys are gone right like we talked yep. about Adam Larson gone David Savard gone Dougie Hamilton your guy gone
0: um <laughs> Alex so- Martinez another one of my guys
1: resigned. Goligoski, uh, all, all those guys are gone. They found home. So there, there's no there's no more big players left to try to grab. So yeah, I think they're done. And just a quick note on Delzato. I've hey, turned
0: around. Oh, Zidane No yeah. still available. Yeah,
1: yeah, that'd be sweet if he came back. I would love that. Oh, um, yeah. But just a quick note on Delzato. I've I've turned around to him. I think it's actually a nice signing. Low risk, two year deal. He he's still kind of a like, yeah, he's a veteran, but he's in his early thirties. So it's, he's and it's oldest, not like he's seen a lot
0: of miles. No, he's the oldest thirty one year old in the league because uh, we mentioned he played a full season in the NHL at nineteen. He's the Victor Mete of thirty one year olds, right? Victor yeah. Mete is twenty two and has two hundred games under his belt. So yeah, yeah, that is wild. Yeah, it, it's interesting for sure. But yeah, and low risk is is the key word when it comes to Del Zotto. But yeah. That being said, so we won't waste any time talking about unrestricted free agent defensemen, and trust me, this list leaves a lot to be desired. Like yeah. Probably the best guy left is Sammy Vatanen and I feel like he always gets left out of the mix here. It's a couple of years in a row where he's uh, he's looking for a chair when the music stops, and uh, it's not re- many available for him, but we'll see where vatanen ends up. But there's a name up front that I'm curious what you think about. A still free agent, yes, his best career years are a little bit behind him but marcus johansson is still looking for a job now johansson was in minnesota most recently but his days in washington and then buffalo like this guy can produce no doubt do you think that there could be some room for a guy like him going forward or if ottawa is going to change it up do you think that they're better served going via trade
1: I think there there could be some interest for him in a short term role, right? Like I don't think he's he's someone that you would sign to a long term deal. Like you said, thirty years old. I'm just looking at his stats right now. Yeah, f- 14 points last season with the Wild. That's that's not great in 36 games, but that's why he's one of the free agents still available. I don't I don't really uh, I haven't put a lot of thought to Marcus Johansson, but he is a guy that could get get some interest um
0: some guys that for depth like you know what he's, yeah. he's in the right situation but it's not the guy who was flying around washington seven or eight years ago
1: no and that's the thing like he he's not the same player he once was but also i mean a year a couple of years of buffalo can take its toll on you that's for sure <laughs> so maybe just needs a little bit of reset here but someone i was looking at and uh, they talked about it on 31 thoughts the podcast I, I i was squatting on this take a little too long so now it's going to seem like i'm just hopping on their back but I'd be interested in looking at Thomas Tatar for a one-year deal. Like, say what you want. I know you're going to say, oh, this is a guy that it was traded for, and he was scratched in the Stanley Cup Finals twice. Cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Senators are going to make the Stanley Cup Finals next year. Sorry, guys. But what he does it, do is...
0: It, he's scratched in the Stanley Cup Finals. It means the Sens got there, so nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great spin zone, Ross. So, like, he still puts up points in the regular season. He's still a good depth winger, but my idea was, yeah, bring him in for a one-year deal, cheap deal. If the Senators aren't quite looking like they're going to make the playoffs, then you flip them at the deadline, or you just hold on to him and maybe try to extend him if it was a good fit or whatever. But I feel like he could be the type of veteran guy that could replace Dadnov's role and put up similar numbers. Like Maybe he's not as an elite sniper as Dadnov, but also we didn't see Daddy really use his, his sniping abilities in Ottawa. So get a guy like Thomas Tatar for one year, see how it works. But Elliott Friedman did mention Thomas Tatar is not really interested in a one year show me flip me at the deadline to a contender type deal. He's looking for term, which is fair. But you got to run out of time and leverage eventually. Like if this gets close to training camp, he's going to sign wherever he needs to go. Kind of similar to Mike Hoffman, right? Like you, you just got to get somewhere. So I can see that happening. Another low risk option. And Ross, uh, I'm interested to see your reaction to this. But I was looking at James Neal. I feel like if you got him at a one year deal, that's some depth, veteran scoring. Maybe on the second power play, he could light it up for you. I don't know. Something low risk like that.
0: I just love the wingers that Ottawa has right now. So I'm a little less quick on the trigger to get a guy who's not going to play center. No chance of it. So a name I'll throw it at you. And this will probably be the last name I throw. I mentioned Casey Sazekas. Kind of tongue in cheek. Like they've got guys in that role. If you get Sazekas, you better find a way to move on from Chris Tierney type thing. But what about Ryan Donato? A guy who... He's had chances in the past and he was not qualified by the San Jose Sharks after coming over in a trade from Boston. He'd be a guy who I'd be willing to take a look at, get that you continuum going. And we know that he's uh he's very highly thought of by Pierre Maguire. So I wonder if that could be a kind of a come to camp and we'll see what you can do. He would be a guy who I think you might even be able to get on a PTO right now because he's still looking for work. So I, I think that could be an interesting name here as we, uh, kind of see how these rosters shake out because training camp's coming right up. This is a seriously short offseason, Pillsy. It's like a, a month away from rookie camp starting. So maybe it's a situation where he gets a look there. Yeah,
1: I, I like Donato. That's a good one. I kind of he kind of gets buried in the UFA list just because his contract is a little less than other guys. So you you kind of skim over him, or at least I did. And it, 25 years old, plays center, plays left wing. He had 20 points last season. He's the type of player that I think could fit in this role nicely. The only thing is, I think you've got a Ryan Donato type in Colin White, right? So then you get two of those similar players. So we'll see how that goes. So even similar age groups. So. If you signed him a a low risk, uh, low term deal, then yeah, I could see that happening. But I think definitely he's he's a younger guy. Like for me, I was trying to find like veteran placeholders. That's what I was looking for. But if you could swing a deal to get a younger guy that might fit into your future plans long term, that's a nice win for the Sens too, especially as free agency goes on and those players start losing leverage.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested to see how many more moves the Sens have up their sleeve before training camp. But the bottom line and the main takeaway from this episode is that Matthew Kachuk's situation cannot happen to Brady. He needs a new contract well before training camp. They cannot play a game of cat and mouse with the most important member of their current organization. There's simply nobody more important than getting locked up Brady Kachuk. So on Friday's show, we'll rehash what the Sens roster could look like heading into training camp and maybe some news in between. We're still working with Joey trying to find a time. It's just work's been busy for us and he's busy obviously as well, but we're still working on getting Joey Levi Merlin expect him coming up soon. We got to welcome him to Canada. Tell him what to expect heading to Kingston. That absolute stud. One last note, Ridley Gregg was on the ice with team Canada this past week and he was on Craig buttons projected list as the fourth line center. So, Hopefully Ridley gets an opportunity here to represent Canada, which would just come full circle because of what he went through a eh, last year, Pillsy just staying in quarantine. So we're really cheering and hoping that Ridley can uh, come through and make that team.
1: Yeah, I, I would love to see him in a fourth line role like that, because then we would really see his like grit and determination come out. Not that we yeah. don't see that already. I think <laughs> he does that whether he's on a first line or, or fourth line, no matter what minutes he's getting. But he, this is a guy that deserves the chance. Even if it's in a limited role, I think he adds a lot of elements to a team, especially in a short tournament where you're playing similar opponents over and over. Get a guy like Ridley Gregg on your team that other countries are just like, man, I'm sick of playing this guy, and I've only seen him for... 12 minutes a night. Like, that's the kind of guy I think he definitely could help out Team Canada. And I I would love to see him on that big stage. Like, let's see what he can do up against some of the SENS prospects on Team USA. Let's see how he matches up against some of those guys. So, definitely, we're rooting for Ridley Gregg here.
0: Hockey season can't come soon enough, not only for juniors, but the National League as well. Ottawa has played 56 games in the last 512 days so we thank you so much for your continued engagement and passion towards this franchise and we hope we can just make it a little bit better to be an ottawa senators fan for brandon i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day